Well, today, Katie and I are going to be discussing a question that we get quite often, and that is, do we have friends outside of our family? Do we have church friends? Do we have a community? And if so, how do we allocate our time? Allocate? How do we alligator our time? How do we allocate our time uh, accordingly with friends, family? You know, how do we protect our home but still be a part of the community and not forsake the assembling of the brethren? You know, is there is there some hospitality? You know, linked into that. We're going to talk about all those things. But before we do, we both want to take this moment to thank all of our listeners that have gone over to iTunes and left a rating or a review. That blesses Katie and myself so much when we see all of all of those. And also, it helps our podcast reach more people. It's so fun for both of us. I mean, like who doesn't get a kick out of like seeing metrics, you know, grow? Like that's a fun thing. And to see our podcast consistently be in the top 20 on iTunes in the family department, family and kids department. That's fun. I really like that. And that's all thanks to you guys leaving those ratings and the, the reviews and sharing it on various platforms. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for engaging on YouTube. If you watch the podcast, we love seeing that as well. And that's all the things I was going to say. So we'll get this thing rolling. The Now That We're a Family Podcast. Today we're talking about friends. Do we have any? We've gotten this question, not the, do you guys have any friends? Not that part, but we have gotten the question of, okay, how do you manage your time when it comes to friendships more and more and more, the more we have spoken on family, the last, you know, it just builds up over time. We're clearly advocates of family. You hear about us like sitting outside kumbaya in the outdoors for a thousand hours with the kids or often we'll mention on the podcast or on top five Tuesday, the email, Oh, you know, family members came over to see us or we're going over to see family members as far as our extended families go. And those are kind of the highlights and the things that we choose to talk about on this channel is our interaction with family, both in-laws and our children and each other. And so it might start to sound a little cloistered or, (laughs) When do you have time for friendships outside of those familial bonds? So we thought it would be kind of fun to just share, go through a week, go through a month and kind of share what are the things that keep us engaged with our church community, with the people who are close to us locally, and how does that look like in the midst of our everyday life? Yeah, you mentioned that those are the parts that we choose to share because they're kind of highlights. But I would say we do have a more robust family life than many people because of our extent because of the size of our families that we came from and also just because of how much we love them we we like those guys a lot they're great they're great families and so we do spend a lot of time with family which is why it probably sounds like we spend a lot of time with our family uh we do have a life outside of that and there i feel like there's two categories there's our home and we speak a lot about that and you guys know that we really care deeply about the culture of our home and the culture of our family. So we do various things to promote a, a good culture in our home. And that is protect a lot of our evenings and make sure we protect our mornings and, and really have those, uh, I guess, set apart for family time so that we can really pour into our children, pour into our marriage. Uh, but that's not every evening. We do dedicate some evenings to friends, to fellowship with various other families in our community. So we'll talk about that. And then, um, yeah, so anyways, what I was going to say is there's like two, there's two things when we say family, there's our home, like you, me and the kiddos. And then there's our, there's our, I shouldn't say extended family because it's, it's our immediate family, but it's our like non-home family where it's your siblings, your parents, my siblings, my parents. And most of you probably know this, but I'm one of 10 kids and Katie's one of 11 kids. And many of those people are married. And so we've got numerous in-laws we've got nieces and nephews and we love our parents so there's plenty of opportunity to spend time with family yeah we have some we're like couple best friends with some of our siblings and their spouses and stuff like that too which is a huge blessing if you've ever experienced that when your husband loves the anytime you find a couple friend that's a big blessing Uh, but that happens a lot in our family where elisha will hit it off with my sister-in-law. And so that's just makes for a really fun dynamic too. So we do have uh, just really deep 
friendships, I feel like, within those family connections that make it really fun and make us want to pursue those relationships more. Yeah, that actually is a good point, Katie, because I don't have to put forth effort to enjoy being around any of my siblings or my in-laws, which is a huge blessing. Because when I think of, I obviously, I grew up with my brothers. I grew up with my sisters. I've always loved them. I've always enjoyed being with them. I really feel like I can let down and be myself when I'm with my family. Uh, and then as they've gotten married and started their own families, I've just, I like their spouses. They're, I enjoy being with them. I enjoy talking with them. So that is a huge blessing. I mean, my sister Annie, which just visited this last weekend and I loved seeing her. She came over for dinner. We got coffee with her. Um, and, and I got to see her, her husband was working, Jared. So I didn't get to see him a lot, but I remember grabbing when he, when we grabbed coffee with them before they headed out of town, I was like, man, I like you. Like, I just like being around them. And it's the same thing with everybody on your side of the family. Like it's not, it's not work for me to be around any of them. It's total joy to be around them. And it's really fun. Yeah. We realize how rare that is. And we just consider it a really, really big gift that we have friendships built in with family. Because yeah. That doesn't always happen. Uh, it probably is more rare, honestly, than not, especially when you have that many people and that many different relationships at play. And this has actually been really daunting for me in times past. I think I've mentioned it on the podcast maybe a couple of years ago where I was really struggling to juggle all just the familial friendships and relationships and manage our own children. And it was actually really stressing me out when it came to having more children because I just felt so behind the eight ball when it came to staying up to date with people's lives that I loved and cared about without even going beyond that and growing into new circles or hanging out with people locally. None of our family lives local, aside from my wonderful uncle, Wade and Aunt Jocelyn, who we love to connect with. Uh, but aside from that, everything's long distance too. So we have to drive or they have to drive and but the Lord's just really been gracious to work through that. And I feel like in a really great space now and just so grateful for all that support and all the connection. And I feel really close with everyone right now. So that's just life. It ebbs and flows when it comes to those things. Yeah, it is interesting that we're talking about this because I think that a common theme of since being married, and I, actually this goes before marriage. I think you you probably experienced this growing up in your family. And I know I certainly experienced it growing up in my family was the the, the potential overwhelm because of the quantity of relationships that you have. And I realize that's, it's crazy that I've been blessed so that I can say that. That's a, that's a tremendous blessing to say, wow, the number of people that I feel like I'm trying to keep up relationships with, or I would want to keep up relation, a relationship with is overwhelming. And that's caused, like you said, conflict, whether that's in your own just overwhelm, like you said, kind of like, wow, this is paralyzing trying to juggle all of this and it's and at times it's actually even caused a lot of a crit not a lot but some criticism from from people within our local communities um and i feel like we're in a really good spot right now where i i don't feel real criticized by um criticized such a strong word maybe um it's it's, it's tough i mean because when you're a part of when some you're people can't relate to yeah. having so many relationships to juggle. Yes. And so when it's like, why aren't you showing up at everything here locally? Or yeah. why can't you be here for us locally in this way that other families are being here for us locally in this way? It's kind of been hard to explain like, well, we're just really wiped because we just hosted like 20 people yeah. of four different families over three weeks, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so we weren't able to be at that event or we weren't able to show up in that way. And, uh, but I think we've gotten better. I think we've gotten better at saying no to both so that we can be active in both communities. What yeah. did you say? Yeah, I would, feel like we're at a good balance right now for whatever reason. Yeah, I think it's a combination of things because I think that um, there, there have been different communities that even I know my family was a part of and you and I have been a part of since marriage that really viewed their the church as their, their, you know like we're family. This is everything. These are all the relationships that matter. We need to do everything together and be there for one another. You're like, wow, what a cool idea, concept, right? Like to bear each other's burdens. And, and of course, that's a biblical concept, but the way that that then plays out, it, like it's going to look different. Like the concept's biblical, 
But then, well, how many hours a week does that, does the Bible say we need to spend with each other, you know, or how many, some, some families we knew were like all together, maybe four times, five times a week. Right. And we're just like, we can't keep this pace up. Exactly. And then when you're not matching their pace and, and you're feeling, you know, like you're letting people down, it's tough. And, and again, that was, that was a hard season, honestly, like in yeah, retrospect, that wasn't here because locally where we live now, because again, you, I totally, obviously agree with that principle to, as the body of Christ locally bearing with one another, their burdens. Um, but, but again, it's like, man, seven nights a week's a lot, you know, every, that Even gathering, this like gathering, your nights a week, it's a lot. Yeah. And so when you say no, and then you feel bad for it, it just gets old. We are feeling like, no, we can't, we can't be there. And you're letting people down. It's like, well, boy, this is, this is tough. Anyways, so that was definitely a season of our marriage. And the reason, and the reason that was, I think, challenging is because they, they would be like, well, why are you prioritizing like your, you know, biological family over, over your church family? And straight up, it's like, well, we are just closer with our biological family and we're, we are going to be knit together with them forever. And I don't want to be insensitive towards the church because obviously the bread of Christ, we are brothers and sisters we are God's, we are his children. He calls us his children. Uh, but that there is some movement within that, meaning we don't, I love all those people, but we don't fellowship with them locally anymore because we moved. Does that make sense? Like I love yeah, them. It's like great. Family, if you aren't local, you're you, still staying in touch. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, there is more permanency in biological family relationships than there are typically in uh, church family relationships. Does that make sense? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I'm not, and, That's and so kind of what it came down to for us. Yes, exactly. Well, if we had to pick or choose in a moment. So, okay. How do we currently do life with friends? Um, currently we do go to a like small home group with our church. That's weekly. It's big for us to commit to anything weekly. Yeah. I really don't like weekly commitments, <laughs> um, but it has been so encouraging. It's been a real big blessing. And this has been, I don't know, we're going on three quarters of the year, right? Like yeah. Nine months. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It is coming up on. It's been the longest time we've ever been a part of a small group or a home group or something that meets on an extra day aside from church. Yes. And we've just been so blessed by all the families in that group. And I think they're really gracious and flexible too when something comes up or you don't feel bad if you do have to cancel because someone's in town or something came up. And so I think that flexibility has allowed us to be able to participate more and consistently over a longer period of time. Yes, they are. I mean, we first off, we truly love these people and enjoy time with them. And so it's not like it's a chore showing up on Tuesday night. And it also, it's like a very, the way it's facilitated, the kids love it. They've got kids to play with. The, the facility is really great with, that we meet in. You know, I think that's a, that's a huge blessing. Um, we're, we're, I mean, we're not like a bunch of clones, but we are very like-minded. Like we're pretty similar in our principles and, and, and the ways we want to raise our kids. So that's really nice as well. But like you said, there is an element of like people want to be there. I think they know we want to be there. So when we're not there, it's nobody's offended. Nobody takes it personally or is, is concerned for you. And I think we have too gotten better at just communicating directly with that. I think early on, we, I would try to beat around the bush, be like, well, I don't know if we can make it, you know, and you'd have to come up with like a really good reason to not, to not go some, you know, go, go to an event. And with this, we, people know we want to be there. And so when we're not there, it's, they know it's a good reason, you know? And so, um, that's a huge blessing. There was a stretch there though, I think through the holiday season or something or no, actually it wasn't. It was, it was only like, it was hard because everyone was getting sick. Yes. And so that was kind of tough. Yes like through the new year yeah, exactly. and all that. And we were like, I don't know if we could sustain this. It seems like every time we went, it was just like everyone was, you know, crammed inside and there were lots of kids and it was just, it was, we made it through. And now we're in the summer months and things have opened up a lot. And it's really fun for our kids too, to get out and socialize. They get to see their friends. They love it. I love that we share a meal together and then go over uh, those sermon notes. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just been a really great time. So that's something that we do weekly where we get to connect with a lot of, I don't know, how many families would you say are in that? I'd say officially there's probably maybe 12 families. Yeah, it's like, 
it's big. But not everybody comes Every usually. Every single week. You know. And then there are, I mean, everyone, almost everyone is a larger than average family. Yeah. So there's a ton of kids, uh, which makes it really fun. <laughs> I love that. Um, something else we do that just along those church lines are we do go to church every Sunday and our church is really great and that we've gone to home churches in the past. And I love that because you really got to know the people that you went to church with, but it can also be a really big commitment. And so this is kind of the best of both worlds, in my opinion, where we go to church, but then afterwards our church, um, everyone hangs out. Yes. And so the kids all play together for a while. They're playing up front near the parking lot and all us parents would stand out there and freeze or sweat regardless of the weather and <laughs> watch them play and try to keep them out of the cars. Uh, but now our church just was able to put in a big lawn in the back of the church. Yes. And it has a shady area. So we are loving going out there. And again, the kids will play for 30 minutes to an hour. Yeah. We all just stand around and visit till everyone's hungry and needs to go somewhere. So yes. that's been a really big blessing too, every single week, being able to connect. Hey, you guys, I just wanted to tell you real quick about my homeschooling course, Homeschooling the First Three Years. It's all about laying a foundation of joy and confidence and fun and simplified homeschool in your home. So if you're in a place where maybe you're considering homeschooling your kiddos in the next few years, then this course is for you. It's going to break down not only what we do for homeschool and our family and what we've done for the first three years in homeschool, but it's also going to show you exactly how that looks. So I'm going to take a camera around with me vlog style and show you how does it look to homeschool with a baby? How does it look to homeschool with a toddler? How does it look to homeschool multiple grades at one time? How do you navigate um, different learning tendencies? How do you navigate your learning style as a teacher? And how do you motivate children and get them to love learning? I love homeschooling my kids. One of my favorite things that I get to do with them each day. And it's something that I want you to love doing with your children as well. So if you look down in the description box, you will be able to find a discount code where you can get a discount off of homeschool the first three years. And I really hope that it blesses your home. Yeah, I know you said you said it's like feels like this perfect little combo or the best of both worlds. And I feel that way too, because the home church environment obviously does cultivate deeper friendships and relationships because because of the nature of it you're there with five or six or whatever 10 other families and you usually do a meal together after the service and so there's just a quantity a large quantity of time that you have on sunday in a confined space and you're sharing a meal so you get to know people quickly you know in, in an intimate way but like you said with that there comes a lot of like wow this is also a huge deal like you're exhausted we, at least we were in our experiences like you're exhausted after those sunday meetings and this really does feel like boy you know, if we're up for it, we can stay as long as we want after church and people will be there that we can talk with. We love talking with people. Our, 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 our kids love playing with these other friends. But also if we're a little wiped, you know, if we're low on sleep or we're extra hungry and we just we need to slap vibes real quick and go, we can do that as well. If if we feel like that's what's best for the I family. Know, it sounds like we're like we really like the low commitment. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah, the truth is coming out. The truth really is. <laughs> but it does make it more sustainable in the long run, especially when you have young children mm -hmm. and it's just yeah it's been a really really big blessing our church has been facilitated a lot of relational growth for us yeah well you said i mean here's this is just me straight up opinion here like but because you said it's very sustainable and that's something that i think you and i both really care deeply about and and i'm not saying all oh, katie and i know everything and when it comes to any type of sustainability with relationships but I think because we both grew up in families that were a part of a variety of home churches, like my family went to two different home churches growing up, your family was in different home churches. Uh, again, I don't want to like speak this over people, but there is, I feel like uh, only a certain level of frequency in which you can be around non-family members and the relationships stay really good for a long period of time. We've seen a lot like, of relationships blow up. That's that's basically <laughs> by, what I was getting to. Yeah, like, by by people almost getting to in each other's kitchens, and then the whole church just goes, and no one's talking to each other now, and we're still able to talk to everybody, which is a big blessing. 
Yeah. So it's I, again, I'm like not we saying stayed like out of it and then still remaining able to maintain friendship with everybody. Yeah. And I'm not, again, I'm sure there's a bunch of things probably wrong with this mindset. I don't know, but it's just what I've seen for my understanding. That's what works. It's like, okay, I, I know that there needs, basically, I think there needs to be boundaries. Like there need to be, okay, this is your family. This is my family. I'm the head of my home. You're the head of your home. I'm not going to get in your business on what's best for how you guys spend your it's, evenings. It's and, not like codependence. I yeah. think sometimes that happens. Maybe that's what People it is, maybe yeah. rely on each other too much. And then when they let each other down. Yeah. And I think that the pushback on that is that we are, I think, the Bible speaks to us being dependent, to being dependent on each other, you know, to be in the body of Christ, like the the arm needs the leg and the eye needs the toe and all those types of things. And so each body part is crucial and necessary to the functioning of the church and to the thriving of the church. Um, But, but the thing, but with that, it's like when people start again, we're getting off on a tangent here. Yeah. It might be a little, no, once you start trying to, to put in writing what that looks like on an, like I said, week by week, hour by hour basis, then it can really become challenging. I think you can't force friendship. I don't, I yeah, really I don't, don't know. I don't know either because I think that in a lot of ways there is like a biblical obligation towards the local body. I think that that's a real thing. We'll but, get into that. As we, I don't, I okay. Don't want to, I but just feel I just, like we're treading in waters I don't want to tread in no, right I, now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, then we'll keep going. <laughs> Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think there's a biblical obligation to the local body and we are supposed to be there for one another. But I also think there needs to be wisdom for each individual and what that looks like for them and what their capacity is and what their bandwidth is for their home. And it's tending first to your primary commitments. Like you need to look first and foremost to your marriage. You need to look to the well-being of your children. And you, you've seen it happen where to the detriment of the marriage, people are serving you know, a family in the church, and that doesn't build up the body of Christ. That's ultimately to the demise of the church, you know, and to the body of Christ. And so I think that knowing how to, for you and your family, be like, okay, my marriage, I need to tend to it. I need to tend to my kids. And yes, we want to serve in the church. We want to be active. We want to be in community with one another. But I I do think there's got to be a hierarchy there, basically. And I think realizing, too, that everyone has different like different capacities at different like when you look at just the lifespan of a family like there are so many you know six month periods or you know three month periods or one year periods where it's like okay this is just a objectively crazy season and then there's times where it's like wow we've got some big even in our short marriage and our young family life we've experienced that where it's like oh we've got the capacity for more we're going to have we're going to add a night out of the week where we have somebody over for dinner, like the capacity's there and we do that. Or, and there's other times where it's like, boy, we're not having anybody over for dinner this week. Like we've really got to get things reined in here for the well-being of our home because of the season of life that we're in. So I think what we appreciate about our church is that they allow for that capacity to fluctuate. Yes. And there's not these demands placed on you as this is what church membership looks like. This is what community looks like. This is what's expected of you as far as being a part of the body. And so we've been able to flux our involvement as our capacity levels go up and down. And I think that's made it sustainable for us. Absolutely. To maintain those like close friendships because there's not a lot of demands on us during seasons when we don't feel like we can make those demands. Yes. Um, Where we've been in other communities where the demands are consistent. Yes. And there's not really any thought taken toward okay, well, this family is having a hard time over here. Their right. capacity is totally stretched. We just need to like love them, pray for them, and we'll see them when we see them. Kind of yes, exactly. Uh, one more thing about our church that I wrote down is often if we like want to keep the hangout time going after church, we'll go out to lunch with either one family or with a group of families. And so that's something that's fun too. That's always an option if we're feeling more social. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that can be fun. And, and oftentimes we'll have people over after church too, you know? So what else would you say? I feel like I've shared a lot of things. Okay. About our activities outside of church. Well, I think that this group, I was actually just talking to Luke about this today. It's crazy how this Sunday and then Tuesday, like that, those two things have, I guess, spawned so many other, you know, um, sorry, so many other, um, the words 
so many other social uh, activities. Those two things where, yes, we're, com- we're, we're, you know, consistent at church on Sunday and we're consistent on Tuesday night. And by doing that, you're able to actually form some good friendships. Like go figure, you're actually able to kind of get deep with people because you're talking through life issues and you're, and you're able to see over the course of time, like, oh, they were dealing with that medical issue. We prayed through it. We walked with them through it. Now they're on this side of it. Okay. You kind of, you, you form a bond through that. You walk with people, you know, you're with people through their pregnancies and then, you know, they're the, the challenge with their newborn. And so you get a seat into people's lives when you're doing those things over a period of time and you naturally form deeper friendships with them. And so then from that, there becomes this ability to have casual fun times throughout random weeks where it's not a huge, we can invite people over for a last minute dinner be like, Oh, you know, it'd be fun to invite so-and-so over for tonight. We shoot them a text, you know, last minute be like, Hey, this is last minute, but you know, we're whatever we're making pizza. Do you want to come over and not a huge deal if they say no. And it's fun if they say yes. Right. I think that's what a lot of people crave is they crave that type of casual, lighthearted friendship. But I think that it doesn't always just come naturally. Does that make sense? I think of some of the people that we have that type of um, connection with now, well, that came through that consistency and showing up on Sunday and showing up on Tuesday. Working through the formalities of relationships. Exactly. You get to that comfort level. Yes. Which can take years. You know, we've been here in Coeur d'Alene for three years now. Yes. And some of these people we knew when we moved pretty quickly. Yes, we met. After we moved here, we met. Um, but it just takes that time to build up that comfort level. And something we've always been consistent in is whenever we move somewhere, we do invite people over to dinner in our home. I'd say that's one of the biggest ways that has been consistent over our marriage is that that's a big way we connect with people because it works really well because Elisha and I are able to visit with you know, adults <laughs> and be encouraged that way. And then our children are able to hang out with peers and have fun that way. But we're also able to kind of coach them on that peer interaction. We're able to overhear and get to know the kids that they're hanging out around. And sometimes we'll be like, okay, that did not go how we expected, either from our kids' perspective or like we're seeing behavioral issues that we didn't know were there, mm. how they're treating other children. Or we'll hear things being said or other conversations where we're like, oh, we wouldn't have expected that from um, this child that we had over. So it's really helpful for us to give us kind of insight into our children's friendships. And both our parents did that very much as we were going through, I mean, all the way through our lives, adolescence, all that stuff. Have you be the house that hosts, um, do things in family environments, and you're able to stay in touch a lot more with where your kids are at and your friendships. So I like that. And then sometimes we will have multiple couples and families over for dinner too, which is really fun to facilitate other people getting to know each other or just, you know, kind of kill two birds with one stone where it's like, we have a long list of people we want to have over and there's not a lot of space on our calendar. So let's just all hang out and get together. Yeah, you're right. And that's, that is really fun. And something else when it comes to maybe in the category of, um, making friendship, like creating friendships, I do think that, um, I I've seen people do this on, on both levels. And I really admire it is when people you know, say, saying getting outside your comfort zone is an obvious thing, right? Cause it's like, Hey, you, you gotta be willing to get outside your comfort zone to talk to a new person, to meet new people. And sometimes, like I said, it's just, it's friction. Like I would say with some of our closer friends here, I didn't actually believe that much for the first maybe year that they were going to be some of my closer friends because I respected them. So there was that mutual respect first thing, but there wasn't this carefree connectivity that I had and I never foresaw it happening. I was like, okay, there's always going to be a little bit of this like formal formality to our, to our friendship, which is fine because I respect them and I felt like they appreciated us and respected us. But then over time, it's like, wow, here we are a year and a half or two years in the relationship and there's a true kind of lighthearted bond, which is, which is really cool to experience, but it, it came through work and effort. Um, but to see people that, that really get outside their comfort zone, even when it comes to activities, you know, show, showing up to, um, you know, winter activities or summer activities or learning something new for the sake of like, that's what the group's doing. So you're like, okay, well, I guess we'll get into this. You know, somebody at our church that they're really hospitable and great, you know, they host like a monthly, it's once a month, uh, pickleball day. You know, it's so fun to see the different people that are willing to get outside their comfort zone and come try something new for the sake of 
connecting with with people. And I think that that is something that I admire and I see in other people. We it's obviously human nature to stay within your comfort zone, your skill sets. Be like, oh man, I'm not a pickleball player. I'm a I like golf, you know. So it's like, okay, well the the whole community group's not going to go play around a golf. Okay, so maybe maybe try the pickleball this week. And it's cool to see that. And it's something that I want to grow in because I definitely have a tendency to like anybody just kind of state would be be like, well, I'm not really that interested in that activity. And so I'm not going to partake. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, that's just relationships as a whole. That happens in marriage. That happens with our children. You have to be interested in what the other person is interested in, or you just aren't going to make a ton of headway. There's very few people out there that align exactly with what you align on. And if they do, they might not be the relationship that should be the most important mm. or that feeds the health of the whole person the most. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So anyways, we, we love doing that. And something, I actually wrote a blog about this I, last year, I think I'll link it down below on creating female friendships specifically and kind of like steps to doing that and how I overcame my whole uh, kind of like this. I don't know. I wasn't good at it <laughs> for a period of time and just the importance of having that. But, something that we do as a family too is kind of follow this rule of we'll reach out like two times to a family and then if you want some reciprocation otherwise it's like well it's probably not going to work in the long term mm. so you don't just want to like keep banging down someone's door but having someone over once or inviting them to one thing might not be enough either to really make them feel comfortable so sure. kind of putting ourselves in the driver's seat and being like we're going to reach out we're going to reach out again um, and then kind of seeing if you could start a friendship. That's kind of what we do when we have moved to a new place. Yeah. You reach out multiple times. Don't be hesitant if the first time it just wasn't this great click. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what's so fun about, I think, I, I, don't, I don't know. You know, it's interesting how you and I are both pretty introverted. You know, in a lot of ways, we have to be around people out of discipline oftentimes like yeah for the health of we have to be around people for yeah exactly like like we don't sit at home missing people saying i want to go be around people if only we could go if i wish people would invite us over or wish there was more people available to hang out tonight we've never once said that in our in our entire marriage and we've never felt that but we have gone seasons of not seeing people at all weeks or months whatever it is because of whatever the kids are sick or postpartum whatever it is. And then you're thinking, okay, well, we should, we need to go to church. Like it's a good thing to go to church. You go and you see people and you, and you realize that's exactly what you needed. You know, yeah, you're like, Oh my so goodness, healthy. we needed that. So I think that Katie and I like added discipline, even if it's like Sunday morning, like, boy, do we really want to go to church? Oh, all right, we go. They were like, Oh my word, we needed to be around people. Same with the Tuesday night gathering where oftentimes we're like, it's the last thing we want to do is go be around people. Yeah. I feel but like church is more principally driven at this point. Like we go yes. to church every week. Yes. Regardless now, we just cut out early if we aren't really up to socializing. Yes. But then Tuesday night is more of like, just, we need to be yes. involved in the body. And that's just a healthy place to be. It's so healthy to heal, hear other people. It is. The, the times that we want to go the least are the times that we need to go the most. It like consistently, it's always that way. We're kind of like, ah, oh, dragging our feet. Like, should, do we really want to go? Okay, we get there. And, you know, we're there for 15 minutes. We're both like, oh, my word, it was so good that we came because you get to hear people's praise reports, their prayer re requests. You get your eyes off yourself. I mean, that in and of itself right there is so helpful. It is crazy how discouraging it is when you're self-consumed. It's like, what a discouraging way to live life, you know, when you're inward focused and nothing gets you, nothing gets your eyes off yourself, like being around other people, you know, and, and having, being able to look to their needs and hear about their wins and their your life. own problems and perspective yes. and then it also lets you know of like ways that you can be of service that you wouldn't have been aware of otherwise yes. so yeah so we've come to see more and more and more just the importance of friendship in local community we believed in it principally but i think um experientially it's not something that yes we had seen as much until recently yeah as far as Okay, what do you we we kind of talked about family friendships. I mean, this is this is how we do things, guys. <laughs> like we don't talk about even our friendships. We often do within the context of families. Uh, but what are some things that we do on our own? You and me. 
Yeah, because you you do some things with just friends that you have. Kind of, yeah, less and less. But... Okay, well, I have some things written down. Yeah, I know. I'll say my. Th- are you gonna say your things first, or my? Are you gonna? St- I'm asking you. Okay, uh, so I am a part of a extremely prestigious and exclusive, which those two often go together, prestige <laughs> and exclusivity. Uh, it's a very highbrow book club that I happen to be a founding member of. No. Uh, True. Yeah, actually, I'm not going to recant any of those things. That All those things are true. I'm just going to leave it at that. But we meet monthly, and that is great. It is. It's great. I, sometimes I wish we met more. It, it, we probably couldn't because of like the how much we have to read between each meetings. Uh, but... Uh, we read these huge, hard books to read. It's just a slog to read through these books. Yeah, it is, I tell you what, that talk about positive peer pressure. That is such a good example of positive peer pressure. When you're able to be like, okay, I want to challenge my brain. I want to stop just consuming kind of this dumb content and I want to be able to broaden my perspective on life. But I also know that like at the end of the day, like when I climb in bed, grabbing the the book, you know, by the whatever the greek poet it's like this is this is going to be hard i'd probably rather go back to louis lamore you know or tom clancy and i'm always going to resort to that at the end of the day unless i've got that accountability of of the book club and so it's really not only been enjoyable but it's really served me in an area that i've wanted to grow in yeah so there's only a few guys in that and these guys have been with elisha really through thick and thin it's kind of crazy cuz we're all no, a couple of them were in our wedding, and right. none of us lived in Coeur d'Alene when we got married, and we've all ended up with our families here in the same city. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So it's pretty cool how the Lord has worked that out because those are very long-standing relationships and friendships. Yes, and you have a lot of comfort with people like that, and so that's just that's just a blessing. Exactly. So, yeah. Well, she's able to do that, and then what else do you do? Okay, yeah, I guess jujitsu is social. I guess I wouldn't consider that, like, because it's not, jujitsu is very social, actually, and I do that consistently, you know, so I do roughly maybe four times a week I'm doing, I always try to do five times a week, and it usually turns into four times a week, uh, and I've, again, you know, I've been at the same academy for, I guess, been at this academy for over, or for two years now, yeah. And so I've formed some, formed some good friendships there. There's some awesome Christian guys there that I train with. Um, and then obviously you just have the bond of, of sweating together, you know, and, and of trying to strangle each other. And so there is, that is a fun, that is a fun social out- outlet that I think I oftentimes don't acknowledge because I'm obviously not there for, for social reasons, but there is a social side. Oh yeah. And then of course my weekly father son ministry. I can't believe I forgot about that. We just got back from our camping trip with that. So yeah, every Thursday night. And this is one that I'm not, I don't hit, like my attendance isn't 100%, but I'm pretty consistent. I'd say more than half the, the Thursdays, I'd say like twice a month, yeah, maybe I'd three times a month. Two to three times a month. Do. Yes, do father-son ministry. And that again, um, there are a couple guys that have become kind of like, that are like more peers in that group that are about my age similar seasons of life. So that's enjoyable. But for the most part, the people that are there, I definitely, I feel like are, you know, more ahead of me. They're more mentors. They're older than me. The guys that, that lead the father son ministry. And I, and I, and I'm very aware of that. I love, and I'm doing that on purpose. It's like, I, I want to be around these men. I want my boys to be around their sons. I want my boys to be around these men. And so that's another very intentional. Yeah. I guess like with book club, with jujitsu, with father-son ministry, there are real awesome friendship aspects to those things, but there's also an additional, like there's the thing itself I also really appreciate too. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And so with the father-son ministry, that's not at our church locally. Elisha drives like 45 minutes to that. And it's because you knew of the guys leading it. Yep. And I really respect this about Elisha actually. He's always done this where he will see men that he wants to be in his life and is like, I really feel like I could grow by being around them. And then he seeks out relationship with them and seeks out opportunity to be around them and makes it happen. Like you've done that ever since I've known you. 
you just really have sought out and put yourself way out of your comfort zone, put yourself <laughs> into places where you're just super uncomfortable, but you want to establish this relationship and you do it on their terms, I guess. You find mm. something that interests them or something that they're already doing and start to grow in that area and put yourself around it. And that's what you did with this father-son ministry. Yeah. And so that's been really cool. And Leon and Louie love that because this ministry, they like they do jujitsu. They just went on a three-day backpacking trip where Elisha's crazy. Leon's six, Louie's three. They went on this two and a half mile hike up 1,600 feet elevation in the boonies. And Elisha's packing everything for all of them because, I mean, I guess Leon carried eight pounds, but <laughs> you know, the like weight to carrying ratio is kind of off when you have three people and one guy who can carry a big pack. Yeah, but it, it is so fun because this is it's an area of life that I personally do want to grow in, but I also know that my boys naturally, like any young boys, have a, you know, inclination towards this stuff. They 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 love being outside. They love learning how to start fires, how to shoot guns, how to, you know, do jujitsu, how to throw a punch, how to like everything that we go over is so fun. You know, how to apply a tourniquet, you know, how to apply first aid to a you know, to a, yeah, to a wound to the chest, like you're old going around putting tourniquets on everybody. I'm like, okay, okay. okay. Yeah. And it is, uh, I mean, it, it is so rewarding to see my boys so engaged and, and I, and I will admit it's been really hard on my ego being in this environment because I'm, because I want to grow in these areas and I also want my boys to be equipped in these areas. I'm putting myself in situations that I'm just, I'm just not, I'm not good. Like, it's like, I'm not capable in these areas, uh, but I want to grow in them. And, but it's really rewarding because my boys love it. And I, I do believe in the process. Like, even though it's slow going, I do think I'm going to grow in these capabilities over years. Um, and it's, it's, it's just a really, and I also, I just respect the men so much, like really look up to them and who they are. This is kind of something too, that I think is kind of a core value of ours is we like to build relationship while we're doing things that we want to grow in, if at all possible. And so there's obviously, like, I've always thought Boy Scouts was cool. Elisha thought Boy Scouts was cool, but we don't love the concept of just sending our boys somewhere where we don't know the boys and we don't know what's happening for overnights or whatever. Yeah. And so this has just been such a cool opportunity because I feel like the Lord just placed it. I mean, Elisha pursued this opportunity, but he also, the Lord also opened the door and for Elisha to be building a relationship with the boys. And then, you know, Leon just started his own fire with Flint and steel up in the mountains. Did. There, I'm so proud of him, which is hard. You guys try to do that. Oh my word. It is so hard. Yeah. He was so determined and like he was finding all the tinder himself. You know, he found the old man's beard. He found a tree that had sap and he put the sap in the old man's beard because there was a there was a test they you know the bill was going to run a test see who could start a fire with the flint and steel you know and, and and get it going to you know like one inch size sticks burning you know sustainably it was and, like this competition yeah and leon did it all by himself and i was so proud of him and he was so pumped and it grew his confidence and yeah i don't know it it really is a cool thing even just their confidence and like and the jujitsu stuff like them just getting more and more comfortable with that and being exposed to this stuff. And I will say, I think it is kind of unique because even like the stories, uh, the guy, the guy that heads this up, amazing Christian father, and he's been on the podcast before, but, and he'll have some of his old work buddies come by and do stuff with us and they'll tell stories and they'll give analogies and breakdowns. And it's just kind of like, okay, this is, a, we're learning from like very overqualified men <laughs> does that make sense like like the stuff it's it, and so it's really inspiring to it's the inspiring boys to you it is i come home and i'm think like the boys would be inspired by less high caliber. oh no doubt I mean, are you kidding me understand what these guys have done well they, they like the stories for sure you know and they i think they do like how stoked i get like i'm sitting there around the, the campfires trying to keep a straight face because i'm like this is nuts that you did this but it's um yeah it's a good time but this is something, too, that I think if we ever moved, obviously, North Idaho is very uh, prolific in outdoorsmen and yes. type of stuff. It's not like in Fullerton, California or something, you know, you're going to find that as easily. But I would say um, we really have started to value this so much. I think we would start things and bring people in 
um, to create the environment that we want to create too. Like you don't always have to plug into someone else's uh, culture that they've already created. You can kind of have a vision for a culture and be like, Hey, I want to grow in this with my boys or my girls or as a family or whatever. Yes. We're going to find people who could help us grow in this. No doubt. And facilitate it for other people who would also like to grow in these areas. Oh, big time. So, yeah. Oh yeah. This is just like a, a awesome blessing that I have access to this. But in doing it, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, if I didn't have access to this group to plug into, which is great, and it, it, there's effort, I have to drive 45 minutes, and it's a big, big time commitment, but it's it's worth it. You could easily and find one other dad that's interested, you know, you both pull up a YouTube video and you do stuff with your sons. Like, I think you can totally do that. Or if it's not a father-son situation, you know, it's a, you want to grow in your marriage. Okay, find, you know, some, some a marriage book that you're going to go through together with somebody, or you want to grow in your sourdough you know, bread cooking abilities. I feel like there's a few YouTube tutorials on that. <laughs> you know, you could find something and, and, and do that with the ladies. I don't yeah. know. I'm not going to give ladies ideas. You, you you give the ladies their ideas. Well, I'm, yeah, we're <laughs> going to go into what I do, which is not a lot. Okay. The Elisha has a lot more consistent things, which makes me really happy um, because he is more social than I am. And I don't know if it's just by nature or if that's just what you do, but I don't know. What? what? You're just, you do more social things consistently than I do. Yeah. I would say too, you have a morning Bible study that you go to sporadically. Yeah. When you're in town. Yes. When it works out. Yeah. And then you also work with Luke. Yes. I feel like Elisha always comes home telling me, yeah, and I love working with this guy. (laughs) This is what he told me today. Yeah. That is a huge blessing. blessing. To have um, a Christian that has great ideas and is aligned um, in our faith and feel like we learn so much. Oh yeah. You kidding me? That's a huge blessing. I mean, and, and it's not like a, it's a surprise to me. That was a huge, obviously motivator and wanting to be able to work with him. But that is a blessing that is, I think, yeah. When I consider spending a full day working with somebody day in and day out, that's a big part of your life, yeah. you know? And so, yeah, that's a huge blessing. Yeah, so that's a gift. Okay. As far as me, I did for like five months, which was pretty good for me, a once a month homeschool group where the kids could practice presenting things to other kids. We'd get outside. Um, It was super casual, but it was with a friend group that I already was a part of. And so it was really easy and laid back. And again, it was once a month, so it was good. But I started feeling even towards the end that once a month was just a lot for me. And so I haven't committed to like a weekly homeschool group or something at this point. Uh, we're going to see how we adjust to the fifth baby. But when you have a lot of little kids, it's hard for me to get out of my house. Like the hardest thing I will do, I guess I should say, is getting everyone ready, loading them up, going somewhere, packing food, you know, and, and being out for the day in a social setting. And then we come home and I feel like everyone's wiped and kind of like has attitudes and it just kind of takes the whole day. Yeah. And when you only have five work days in a week where you can get stuff done around your home, or I have this long list of things I want to train my kids in, I feel like it eats up a lot of time. Mm. And so, so sometimes it's worth it, but when it's consistent, I don't love it because I can't determine if it's worth it for that week or not. Mm. Yeah. Like, you know, the outtake is worth the input. Yeah. Um, so I prefer things to be spontaneous. So we aren't currently doing any kind of um, weekly commitment, but I do like to host spontaneous play dates. Again, mm-hmm. I don't have a car, so every once in a while I'll go over to someone else's home, but I prefer to, I have some really, really great friends that the Lord has really blessed me with. I feel like they're just so easygoing, and not needy in the friendship. And so when I call them up and it's been three months since we've had a really good hangout session, I'm like, hey, let's make something work for this week. And they come over and we're able to go to the park or just hang out at the house, eat lunch, um, you know, like have a, and we just talk and talk and talk and talk our faces off, you know, for like three or four hours. I'm a quality time person. So it's not like I need a ton of people. I don't, I don't like those like little smattering chatty mm. conversations, but I love a good like visit session yeah. with a good friend one-on-one. for hours yeah. one-on-one while our kids play. And I just feel like we get caught up on all this life stuff and then they go home or I go home and you just feel so filled and encouraged. 
And then it might be three months before that happens again. Yeah. Um, and so that's a way that I stay in relationship with my closer friends. Mm. And I'm just really grateful that there are women that are able to do that mm. and willing to do that because I know for a lot of people, when they picture friendship, they're thinking this weekly um, communication. And we might be texting some, you know, in the midterm or whatever um, to stay up to date on others' lives. But I'm just really grateful for that because, again, it's sustainable in this season of life. When I have the bandwidth, we're able to do that. Mm-hmm. And when I don't, I'm not able, I mean, I don't feel this pressure to um, always be there for someone, which I know sounds really bad, but it's just the season of life. Yeah, I don't think you should feel bad about that. I mean, obviously, like you said, you you say it for what it is. It's like they are low maintenance friendships. Yeah, they're low maintenance friendships. And and it's like, as Christians, do we need to be like willing to to, be there for them? Like if they have a baby, I'm bringing a meal, whether it's like, um, you know, convenient or convenient not, or, sure, not. Sure. or if they're going through a hard time, I'm going to be there or offer to watch their kids, whether it's convenient or not. Yeah. So it's like, there are those inconveniences. I'm totally cool being inconvenienced. But no it, doubt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. I feel it's like, it's like emotionally not too draining, like, yes. which is, which is a cool thing to be now. I don't know. I, again, going back to seasons, like, I don't think you need to feel bad about being like, yeah, I love these friendships because they are, there's a lot of reciprocal benefit here, you know, like that, yeah, that these makes aren't sense. Ministry friendships. Yeah. These are like, I am so filled by you. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for being my friend. Yeah. And it's great. I mean, I, I think people desire friendships like that. You want them. And then you can acknowledge when you do have more, you know, ministry or just feeling like, okay, this, this requires more energy, more output. And, and you know, when you can, you know, when you have that capacity, you're like, okay, we really are going to pour into this person or, yeah, I Talk think that's that a healthy thing to do, obviously, in ministry, to have people over that you don't necessarily align with or to be there for people that don't just, you know, give back to you mm-hmm. so much. But when I say friend and friendship, I think I'm thinking of people where it really goes both ways. Yeah. And Lord willing, they're blessed by me and I'm definitely blessed by them. Yes. So anyways, I, I kind of prefer that quality over quantity when it comes to my personal friends. Yes. You know, what's crazy, Katie, is that I do think there is something to like being willing to jump into like an organized thing in order to crack past that first layer to get to the deeper thing. Because when I think of some of these people that you wouldn't even know, like you would think like, oh, they've got it all together. They dress well. They are at church every Sunday. And it's, oh, wow, here we are eight months into our small group and you're able to see a little bit past that finally. And you're like, oh, man, we really want to pray for them in that area. They've got, you know, a a soft heart in this area and they've got a real struggle right here. That doesn't just happen overnight. And I think that being willing to, I know at times I was very unwilling to, I would consider it, I guess I used to consider it like, um, like conforming to like a system. It's like, I just want a real organic friendship, you know, like I'm not going to sign up. I'm not going to become a member of a church or I'm not going to do the weekly Bible study thing. Like we'll just kind of flow and do life together. And, and since not doing that and actually doing the whole, like, okay, we'll join, we'll join the system. We'll do the thing here that's in place. And it feels a little bit robotic early on, but then it's rewarding when you break through and you're like, oh, okay. Be by doing, by showing up consistently you know, jumping through the hoops, you know, doing, going through the curriculum. That's the thing is it's like they, there can be like, okay, we're going through this book. Well, I don't want to go through that book. Or we're asking this assortment of questions about the sermon. Well, that's kind of stiff and awkward. And, you know, I don't want to talk about all that stuff, but you keep doing it. And then you, you're able to break through. And I think a willingness to be, to do that can really lead to true, deep and helpful relationships that one are, you know, give, give back, but also you're able to see opportunities to minister to others. Yeah, for sure. I think almost all of our friendships, aside from, you know, the, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen mm-hmm. that you've had around you mm-hmm. for years and years and years, have come through organized, um, something organized first. Yes. And you do the organization thing, and then you have people over for dinner, and you get to know them in a little more intimate way in your home, and then you start to be like, oh, I really click with this woman. I really want to have her over more or pursue more of a friendship or you know, yes. we'll just go do something with just the guy, yes. which is a very 
rare thing. <laughs> but I don't think it's like a never thing. I don't know if I've ever I done know. that. No, I think well, like you might go do a Bible study where it's just you guys in the morning. Sure. Something like that. Yeah. Or you might go golfing once every eighteen months. Yeah, I did just get invited to go golfing, but I think I'm gonna pass because it's just a big commitment. Elisha isn't really we we don't really do a ton of things just guys and girls like right. i think i've gone out to eat with a group of girls which was really fun um one time because mm-hmm. it's just it takes a lot of facilitating and it's, it's a big deal yeah for everybody you know the dad has to watch the kids and yeah you did just do a baby shower that was something I that did. i yeah, did the... it, i had the sweetest friend throw me a baby shower Lindsay. thank you so much who throws a baby shower for a fifth baby like by that time everyone's just like you're on your own. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but she was so thoughtful and just made it so beautiful. And I don't know. I just felt so loved and so blessed. And it just made me really want to do that for other people because that takes a lot of time and, yes. and energy and all those things. And you've got a full life. So I just felt very, very encouraged. I did. Okay. This is the last thing because we did get this question. Um, on Instagram, and that is, do you have families over for your Sabbath? And yes, we will sometimes have families yep. over for our Sabbath. That's not like a consistent thing, but we also aren't opposed to it at all. We love having families over. If that's the only time they can do dinner, we'll do it every yeah. night, and that's great. And we also got questions on, do you guys go to people's houses on Sabbath? So like our full Saturday, yeah. like day of rest day, if someone invites us to a birthday party or again, like a pickleball meet, if we have not made it to yet, but we went to, uh, or, you know, something of the kind, you guys go to that or do you keep it strictly family? And I'd say we totally play that by ear. Yeah. Like if it sounds like it would, if it sounds restful yeah, and fun, then we go. But if it sounds like we're drained after this week and what we need is just a home day. Yeah. then we stay home. Yes. So, it's not like we have a hard and fast rule for that. Mm-hmm. Just Saturday is a day of rest, and I can totally mean socialization. Yes. Socializing. Socialization. I like picture socialization only in the context of like homeschool and like forced socialization, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. But yeah. Is there anything else you would add? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I kind of forget everything I well, that, we, that we addressed in this episode. I just kind of started talking, but... That's great. I, I, I will say I feel extremely blessed right now with the way we're able to, I don't know, I just feel blessed. And again, maybe maybe we are coming into a season where, where we'll have more bandwidth to, I think we are excited. I think we, we, we love everything that we get to do right now. Our families, they visit. We are grateful for that. My parents were just here. My sister and brother-in-law were just here. Your family was just here last week. Like people are coming through town all of the time. We get to see them and stay in touch with them. Um, have fun when they come to town. We get to go see them. Also road trip. We see them a lot. And then our like week in and week out friendships are so great. I'm so grateful for them. I feel really richly blessed by the friends in our life right now. God is like really, really gracious in that area. And I mean, it's kind of the same thing for birthdays. Like sometimes we have friends over, sometimes we don't. Yeah. We don't do like, we don't really do anything for our kids that's all just peer based so like oh we're throwing a birthday party come drop your kids off at our house like we have a family or two over yeah for our child's birthday party so everything we do is still very family centric yeah. and if i can take lucy like i took her to the baby shower and people watching all the kids by the way oh yeah that's fun um or if elisha can take the boys then he does that um we don't really see friendship as something that needs to happen on this very independent scale where it's just like me and other girls Hmm. or the kids and just their peers or Elisha and just guys. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's not the majority of our friendship. It's like 0.5%. No, I feel like our kids miraculously, all of their best friends are the children of people you and I like to be around. What a coincidence. (laughs) yeah so that's a gift too you're able to really facilitate a lot all at one time yeah well folks thank you so much for listening yes we're just we love being able to put out the podcast we're humbled that you guys listen and are a part of this community because 
honestly, the whole online space is a great encouragement to us as well. And so even though you guys are many degrees removed from us, many states removed from us, um, it's just a blessing to anytime we're able to be a part of the body of Christ in some way. So thank you guys for your messages and your comments and your DMs and your emails. Uh, we do read them all, even though we don't reply to them. That is something that we have totally let go of. Yeah. Um, so thank you. Thank you for being here.